Welcome to the Plant Witch Podcast, where we enter together into the web of life in all of its many seen and unseen dimensions. I'm Erin Schrader, owner of the Rebel Herbalist, and it is my honor to hold this portal to the other world. Let's enter, shall we? My six-year-old and I were walking at the lake and we came to a crossroads, a place where three roads meet. And we decided which way to go. He decided which way we would go. And I could feel the energy of those places of decision, which way to go, where will it lead me, how will I get back, will I remember which turn I took so I can take the correct turn when I come back through here again, will I come back through here again. Crossroads are potent energy portals. They're places of initiation. They are calls to the quest. They ask something of us, which can be very uncomfortable. It's not passive. You don't just keep walking the trail you're on. You have to choose. And the choice we make says something about us. Do we choose the path that goes along the water? or the path that goes deep into the old forest? Do we choose the path that's light and airy, or do we choose the path that's thick with brambles? And why? What does it say about me that I chose the path that goes deep into the forest instead of the light, airy path that overlooks the shimmering light on water? What does it say? What does that mean? What is the adventure I'm called to? I've been working with Hecate for years now, and the crossroads are her place of power. She guards them, you know, and that's where her offerings are left, at the crossroads. She holds a lamp there, but she will not tell you which path to take. That decision is yours. We are standing at a crossroads. I think we all know it. We are in a place where many paths join. And we lack the collective will to choose any of them together. And so we scatter, taking different paths. 
Some of us go towards the rocky shoreline. Some of us go deep into the forest. Some of us build camp at the crossroads, empowered in our indecision, digging in, staying put. Some of us turn around and go back, but there's nowhere to go back to. These energies of crossroads, of paths chosen and paths not chosen, of decision and discernment, these places are exhausting (laughs) because they call forth faculties that require a lot of energy if we're mindful about the choices we make and don't just go following the crowd. There's a term that's become popular, um, which is decision fatigue. And it's something that most of us face daily. There's so many choices to make. What do I wear? What do I eat? Do I wear a mask? Do I get vaccinated? Do I vote for this person? The choices we're making have heavy consequences now. These are not light decisions. The crossroads we find ourselves at every day have consequences. And those consequences are growing in weight all the time. And we're tired. And yet we have to keep choosing. Mundane choices, what are we having for dinner? Consequential choices, where do I send my children to school? Monumental choices. Do I stay living in this country? All of these choices, all the time. People of the past found ways to make just big decisions. They looked for omens. They used divination tools. They sought wisdom keepers. They consulted astrology. They prayed. How are you showing up at the crossroads? What omens do you look for? What divination tools do you turn to? Who helps you decide? Where where do you find your guidance? Is it inside of you? Do you have a trusted elder that you turn to? Do you have an identity that you wear and then you just follow the crowd who identifies the same way that you do? And if so, which identity is it? There are so many. So many camps, so many factions, so many identities that we can put on and feel safer, like we belong with a group. There are religious identities, political identities, sexual identities. Do you wear one of those, like a cloak, so that you can hide among the crowd and just follow their lead? 
How do you show up at the crossroads? Who holds the lamp for you? Can you look back over your life and see which fork you've taken? Can you find your way back? Do you know if you went left or right? Do you remember where the car is parked? Do you even know where you're going? Have you seen the map? Where are you going? Every crossroad that you come to, where are you trying to get to? What is your compass made of? What is your North Star? How do you know you're going the right way? A few nights ago, our cat, Mandragora, knocked over my Hecate statue that sits in our foyer as a ward and also um, a shrine and an altar to our mother with the three faces. And this particular statue of Hecate is three aspects of her with their backs to each other, all facing outward and holding different tools that represent her power. The serpent, the sword, the torch, and the key. And when her statue hit the ground, the key and the sword broke off. And my husband, knowing me as well as he does, quickly and immediately glued the sword and the key back on. And he did it so well that I would have never known it was broken. <laughs> but he told me, so I knew. And of course, this can't be just an accident. It has to be a message. So, and it had come right on the heels of this crossroad experience that I had with my son and that I was deeply contemplating. And so what is she telling me? The sword and the key broke off. The sword is the key. The key is the sword. And so that sent me down this deep rabbit hole of the sword. What is the sword? Of course, we have the suit of swords in the tarot, which is the element of air and the element of the mind, the qualities of discernment, our ability to think and be clever. And then I went down the rabbit hole of researching Excalibur and the um, the stories around sword wielders and sword makers and the poetry around the, the swords of old that were named for um, their actions in battle. And then I thought of the quote, the pen is mightier than the sword. The sword is the key. The key is the sword. How does this relate to the crossroads? And I've come around to this message that I feel Hecate was delivering to me that I now feel the need to deliver to you that when we hold our sword 
We are claiming our worthiness. The sword is wielded by those who are worthy of it. If we think of Excalibur's story. And worthiness comes from a place of strength and self-proclamation, you know, and being proclaimed by others to be worthy. I am worthy of the right to wield my sword. The sword of discernment, the sword of power, the sword of clear seeing, the sword of decision, the sword of cutting through what is not true. The sword of cutting away what is false. The sword of cutting away what binds us, what fetters us. And in the old stories, the sword would sing as it cut through the air. It sang a beautiful bell-like song of power and liberation. If the sword is the key, and the key is the sword, how do we convince ourselves of our worthiness to wield the sword? And how do we find the strength in our bellies to allow ourselves the freedom of clear-eyed discernment? I know what I want. I know what I choose. I know how to get there. I am willing to arm myself with clarity, with purpose, with power. I'm willing to show up with my sword, the sword of truth. Unlike other weapons, swords were incredibly beautiful, embellished with engravings and carvings and inset stones and gilded handles and beautiful scabbards. And in the old stories, Excalibur's scabbard was just as magical as Excalibur itself. So even sheathed, the sword brought incredible power and protection. The sword has something to do with the identity of the bearer and something to do with the identity of the maker. I read that the artists and the sword smiths who made the katana blades in a whole lifelong career might have made four blades worthy of a sword master. It was an incredible art and skill. In the practice of magic, we use our sword or our knife, our athame, to draw a boundary between what is magical and what is profane, to create sacred space, to draw a line, and to cut away influences that do not belong in that place. We also use our sword or our athame 
to project power in the same way we would use a wand. The sword has been a ceremonial, magical implement for as long as we have records. And before there were swords, there were flint knives in the hands of our ancient ancestors, which gave them the power to cut away meat so they could feed themselves and their families. To make clothing and shelter. The basic question that keeps coming to me through this whole exploration of crossroads and swords and Hecate's cryptic messages, which she loves to give me, and divination is how do I empower myself? How do I feel worthy of that voice that comes with that empowered seeing? And how do I clearly discern which path to take when there are so many paths presented every day? And how do I refill myself in this time of compassion fatigue and decision fatigue and just fatigue of living? What are the ways that I feel rejuvenated and how can I make more time for that? crow calls to remind me because she knows she knows how to, how I rejuvenate myself thank you for continuing to follow along on these musings this podcast that has gone down so many alleys and so many labyrinth paths and wandered so fully through the dense forest of plants and folklore and magic and the hard questions of what it means to be human. I continue to feel like we are living in really crucial times where the decisions we make will make a difference in ways that we cannot imagine now. And so part of that worthiness to take up my sword is knowing that however I choose, even if it's not choosing at all and letting someone else choose for me, all of those movements have an energetic ripple that changes the world around me. And so the question becomes for me, as the triple goddess stands with her lamp, looking deeply into my eyes, who will I be in this time? How will I stand? What energy signature will I ripple out into the world? These questions are not easy to answer, and I'm not here to give you easy answers. But I'm here to quest with you. And to remind us that this is a quest. 
that our lives matter, that our choices matter, that we are worthy to be discerning and to have power in our own lives. And that any choice we make is a choice, even if it looks like no choice. There is always a choice to be made. I'm here to call to the part of you that is the sword wielder and the sword maker. The part of you that is strong and willful. The part of you that belongs here and knows that you have power to make and change the world. May you remember that part of you. And may you powerfully take up your sword and stand at the crossroads, knowing that every step we take is supported by more forces than we can imagine and by more beings than we can name, from our ancestors to elemental forces to the cells of your body, to the spirits of place. We are bathed in energies that lean toward us. May we lean into them now as we choose wisely and powerfully for ourselves and for this world we co-create together. Thank you for joining me.